Blog Talk Radio. Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. All right, modern lovers. Well, there's a whole lot shaking in the world right now. The one thing I think everyone can agree on is that the future is TBD, to be determined. And the question on everyone's mind is now what? We've had the inauguration of President Donald Trump, the historic women's marches around the globe from women in Antarctica getting on a boat to protest the inauguration, 100,000 women in London, seven continents, women have marched, millions of women across the United States. It's an interesting time, whether you are looking at the transition that our nation is facing, or maybe like so many, it's the beginning of the year, it's January. A lot of us are looking at transitions in our own personal lives. There could be changes in your business, your love life, changes in your health status, all kinds of things going on because guess what? Life is a dynamic process. We are always facing change and somebody said the only thing you can count on in life is change. So tonight's guest has a very special message. Her name is Brenda K. Reynolds, which makes me laugh because my name is Brenda K. Wade. We got a lot in common. And she is a renowned business and change management consultant. So Brenda's going to consult with us tonight and coach us a bit on how it works when major organizations, nonprofits like McDonald's, Special Olympics, Sherwin-Williams Paint, manage people and change, which is what she's been doing for more than 23 years. She's a now what expert and the author of the upcoming book, TBD, To Be Determined, How to Find Clarity and Confidence in Uncertain Times. That will be out in April of this year. She's an aspiring, inspiring, excuse me, change agent who draws on her consulting and personal experiences to equip audiences with easy-to-apply strategies for managing complex transitions. All right, and you can reach Brenda via Facebook or Twitter at BK Consulting. All right, Brenda, that's BKR Consulting. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's great to be with the other Brenda. I know. Too funny. And do you know what the word Brenda means? Have you looked it up? Aren't we kind of fiery and feisty or some such thing? Oh, I don't know where you get an idea like that. <laughs> <laughs> Just well, at least these two Brendas are. Uh, it, it also comes from, uh, it's a Celtic derivation, and it means that we are strong and keen-eyed. 
So there's something there about vision. And this is a time when we need vision. And certainly managing change and transition means that somehow we have to have a vision for ourselves. So, Brenda, tell us about you. How did you get interested in managing change? That's kind of an unusual field to go into. Well, I think I got prepared for that field from a really early start. I had very young parents, so some part of me feels like I raised them. And Now, when you say very young, I, how young were they? 17 and 19. Oh, that is very young. Yeah, they were very children. young. Mm-hmm. We were all children together. And then uh, my brother came along a year and a half later, my sister four years later. So there was just a whole lot of transition going on forever. And I, I grew up in a small town, and I, I began asking for furniture and apartment supplies from age 13 because I just knew from age 13 that I was going to be leaving to do something else and move elsewhere. Hmm. And so there's been something astir in me ever since. And somehow I ended up working with uh, children for a long time, for four years as a junior high school teacher, and then transferring those skills into the adult world and working with businesses when they kind of hit the now what do we do time. And to be honest with you, I guess I just naturally – gravitated and felt confident helping people in those uncertain times. Wow. So from age 13, you were asking for apartment supplies. You were ready to get up and get out. (laughs) I was ready. The change did not intimidate me. I was ready to go. That's amazing. So from your own experience, in what state did you grow up in? I grew up in Pennsylvania. Uh Aha. I thought I heard a little East Coast there. So mm-hmm. for you, what was it about all the changes in your family that really shaped you to be a change agent, to be someone who is now professionally helping not just individuals but organizations to change and manage change? Well, I think part of where it came together was in my adult life, too. Um, there was uh, in 2008, when the economy took a nosedive, so did my own personal life. And I had been consulting at the time, but I found myself unexpectedly a single mom, a divorced single mom of two little boys, uh, in a career that didn't have a guaranteed income, didn't have benefits. Uh, and the living first in my people big to dream go when there's a downturn are consultants. You got it. And so I really had to turn my life upside down. And that was the single most uncertain time in my life, which gives me even greater compassion for others in their personal transitions. And really, almost everything about my life had to change at that time. I took a job in corporate America again, and that was a huge change. I sold and moved out of our home and simplified my life, and just everything about life changed. And yet, to move through those times, but it it shook something in me that would have otherwise accepted a status quo and said, ah, this is good enough, this is good enough, and has put me in a position where now I'm doing things that I've only dreamed of doing. Hmm. And so I have that whole perspective that I think I bring to the table along with watching businesses as they go through transitions and, honestly, some of the concepts 
they just apply across the board, whether it's a personal transition or it's a business transition or it's a world-level transition. Yeah, like the one we're talking about in America. I have friends calling me from all over the world, and I feel like somebody died. They're calling to offer me condolences because I'm an American. And I've always been a proud American. You know, I've traveled a lot and always been so proud I'm an American and to represent my country wherever I go. And now people are calling going, we really feel bad for you Americans. We don't know what you're going to be doing over there. It looks like the whole country is in an uproar, which, of course, it is in an uproar. So we'll circle back to the national level in a moment. But when change hits, You've gone mm-hmm. through change in your family. You've gone through change 2008. And I just want you to know, Bren, I was on that train with you in 2008 mm-hmm. where everything oh. went up in flames in my life. Gotcha. So I feel okay. you. Oh, do I feel you. My husband was a consultant. Need I say more? <laughs> mm-hmm. Moving mm-hmm. on. <laughs> you know, the mm-hmm. divorce, the disaster, all of it. I'm right there with you. Mm-hmm. So the key thing is when change hits, now everybody, I want you to listen carefully. What is the first thing that typically happens for people who are hit with those big disastrous changes or changes that might even sometimes huge changes that are good can shake us? But what would you say, let's start with the disastrous changes, like the ones we went through in 2008. I think there's this emotional shock that hits. And I can remember where I was sitting, what room in my house when this fog came over me, where I realized that my life was going from what it was to what it was going to be. But I was squarely in the uncertainty stage, which is that in-between stage where you cannot begin to see how you're going to move through that. And I, I, I... started calling it the transition fog, which is all the emotion that clouds us over because we're mourning the way it was. We potentially have a lot of fear about the way it's going to be. And it can be that stage that we just wish we had a magic pill we could take and a way to rush through that and get to a more settled state again because that uncertainty stage is really unsettling all the way around. And so the first stage is just coming to terms with how much it's going to change, and how little you can see about what to do in that moment. Yeah, and you know, you said something about the feelings. And one thing I want to say really clearly for our audience is that it is important to feel the feeling. Mm -hmm. In 2008, I cried my eyes out. I didn't think I would ever have tears come out of my eyes again. I cried so much, and my heart felt broken on every level but one thing I knew is that if I could give myself the space to as you said Brenda grieve just grieve Grieve. all these losses that happened at the same time because I mean it was quite a hellacious year including the sudden death of someone very close in our family it just went on and on and on and on I mean sudden death like one minute here next minute gone and all of these things hitting at the same time. And getting support with feelings is very important. One of the things I did was, I don't know what you did, Brent, but I put myself 
in a therapy group. And the group was all about EFT, emotional freedom therapy, or what's known as tapping therapy, because Mm -hmm. I knew I had to work body, emotions, mind, and spirit to get through it. So on a personal level, when the transition fog hits and all those feelings of now what and oh my God, and you know there may be feelings of shame and disappointment and, and how did I end up here? That's very common when something mm-hmm. that's really big comes along that we can't control. Because I know one thing human beings hate is loss of control. We all hate it. We feel really vulnerable, and I've got a, a good friend going through a major life transition right now. And just a few days ago, I've been trying to help her through that. She texted me, and all it said was, how did you get through this? This is hell. It hurts. The pain is so strong. And that's just where you're at for a while, and I think mm-hmm. part of it is to not judge ourselves for being there. Right. And not be embarrassed or shameful because I have more confessions and secrets and understandings to take to my grave than the average person. And I'm here to tell you, you know, whether it's the CEO of a company or you or I, that's the part that makes us human and we all have it in common. We've all been in some place of, of high emotion like that. Yeah, and that's part of life. I'm glad you said that, Brenda, because nobody gets a pass. No one gets a pass. No. We all go through challenges. We all go through, uh, you know, sometimes it's called the dark night of the soul. You know, if you're a Star mm-hmm. Wars fan, and I'm a big geek and a Star Wars fan, I always think of the tunnel where mm-hmm. Yoda took Luke Skywalker into the tunnel. It was dark and scary, and there were voices whispering, and then Darth Vader rises <laughs> out of the dark fog. And we all have our Darth Vader in the fog, And it's the shadow, what we call the shadow. And the shadow isn't bad. You know, we have to face it. And when we face it, yeah, you might just come out, you'll have to talk about this, Brenda, learning a thing or two. You do. And I think in that moment you can't see it. And that's something you can't usually appreciate until it's in the rearview mirror. (laughs) And then it, it all comes together and you say, so I use this weird metaphor in my book that's about driving on a country road through the fog and in this case it's transition fog but you know you're not sure how you're going to get through it but you navigate your way and it's not until you look in the rearview mirror that you see oh that's where I came from and oh that's what I passed by and oh that's why I needed to do that I mean I look back on I was like you Brenda I cried every day to and from my job at work after giving up my consulting for a year or two, for three months I sobbed. It was an hour drive each way. Looking back on it, it was the best thing that could have happened to me. It gave me a place to belong when I was otherwise needing to be around people. It gave me a place to have purpose. It really helped me to be a consultant who's not just talking about it, but that's lived it and experienced it and been inside of corporate America again. There were so many benefits, but at that time, no one could have convinced me that would be true. (laughs) I totally hear what you're saying. Now, you also use FOG as an acronym. What does FOG stand for? Well, you know, uh, 
it stands for Funny Opportunity for Growth. And where it comes from is I was in a master's program that in my field was very experiential. There were 33 of us in a cohort program. We were together for two years, one weekend a month for two years. So we got to be our own dysfunctional family. <laughs> and every, everything that played out there became our own human lab to understand and learn from. But when something would hit, we'd say, not another freaking opportunity for growth. And um, <laughs> it was an opportunity for growth. Now, I tried to make it, you know, but it is like this funny opportunity for growth that comes our way, but it shows up, first of all, as a fog. And then okay. you realize, oh, I was growing. That's what that was. All right. Well, we'll get through the growth if we can stand the pain, everybody. Now, can you give us some tips to navigate through transition fog and this time of uncertainty, the the what do we do now, what are your tips for that? Because we're going to need to apply those personally, and then I want to ask you what we can do about applying them to this big transition in our country. Great. Well, give up that you should know how you're going to go through the fog. You're not. Sometimes you can't know it. You just have to go through it and realize that even though you're tempted to really want to race through it, that foggy, uncertain stage can actually be a really wonderful time if you take your time because it's a place of thinking about, well, now what could I do? What's possible? What are my options? It's a, it's a chance to reflect. It's really an opportunity to get really conscious about what you're going to do instead of just fall into some knee-jerk reaction about it or some panicked mode about it. So I think the first thing we can do is embrace the uncertainty to the extent possible. And I know a lot of this is really easy to talk about and really hard to put into action and do. Especially yeah, when you've so got just all get, these up, get comfortable with the fact that you're going to be uncomfortable. All right, what's yeah. next? And then turn your low beams on. I mean, if you're draw, driving in the fog, the worst thing you can do is turn your high beams on and try to see too far ahead. So turn your low beams on and focus on what's right in front of you what are the next three to five things I can do? And usually once you do those things, then your low beams will show you what the next steps are. And you kind of navigate it those 350 feet at a time, and you will ultimately get somewhere. But the idea is keep the low beams on. Okay, low beams, everybody. Just do what's in front of you. Don't try to project what it's going to be like in a year, two years, three years, five years. Just take it a little bit at a time. And, you know, I do know that that works. Just do what's in front of you. Sometimes we call it put one foot in front of the next, or in 12-step programs they say one day at a time. And I've heard some people say just make it from tick to talk. Yeah, if we turn those high beams on, you know, what we, what we can do is we get paralyzed with fear. We start to really get panicked and too far into the future. Exactly. So what's the next step? These are really good steps. We've, first, we're going to get comfortable with the uncertainty, then we're going to just do what's in front of us, and then what have we got after that? When we drive in the fog, one of the things we, we just naturally, intuitively do is we slow down. Hmm. And... You know, we, we just take it slow. We get patient with the trip. The interesting thing is when I did research on driving through the fog, what I uncovered is that 
when we're in the fog, we lose our peripheral vision. We can't see the trees and the buildings that we're driving by. So we really kind of lose our speed perception. The interesting thing is, even though we've slowed down, we're typically not going at all as slowly as we think we are. I think that's just a great metaphor for moving through uncertainty. It feels like I'm not going anywhere, I'm stuck, nothing's really moving, but in fact we're probably making more progress than we realize we are. Hmm. So slow down and be patient. Slow down. All right, so I know you have one more step for us. We're going to slow down, be patient, do only what we need to do right now, what's in front of us, and we're certainly going to be in that state of knowing it's just uncomfortable. And what's the last step? Avoid potholes. Avoid potholes. <laughs> what would a good foggy road <laughs> metaphor be without a few potholes, right? Right, right, exactly. So, so some how of do you avoid potholes, potholes? Are, I mean, some of them you, you raised, Dr. Brenda, the, the negative self-talk. Oh, you know, I should not be this sad. I shouldn't be feeling this way. I should know what to do. Why is this happening to me? You know, all of those things that really just paralyze us further. And I'll tell you, for me, one of the most difficult potholes I needed to avoid was comparing to others. Because at best, you can compare what you know to be the reality in your situation with your perception of somebody else's reality. And often what you think their reality is is nowhere near true. And so you're making a really unfair comparison that you won't benefit from. Oh, gee, here I am getting divorced, but look at that wonderfully happy, perfect family. And that's probably pretty distorted. So to keep from those comparisons, that's a pothole to avoid. And then the whole being impatient, you know, like I should already know, I should get there faster, I want to rush through this, but really trying to be patient with ourselves yeah, and with that others. old saying is never compare your insides to somebody else's outsides. That's exactly right, exactly right. And I have always had to continue to remind myself of that. Yeah, because a lot of people look like they're doing a lot better than they are, and then we turn it on ourselves and go, but they're doing fine. What's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you. You're going through change. Now, let's take this to the national level. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about the transition the country is in. We have Mm -hmm. so many things going on right now. We do, and, I, and I, it's, really, it's really kind of interesting, and I don't know if this makes me Pollyanna, but I have this very interesting idea that the craziness that's being unleashed on us may be this unintended catalyst that will unify us more than any other thing could have. And it, it has us have to wake up. We, we can't take the way it was for granted anymore. We, have, we can't look for someone else to make it better for us. It's, it's making us say, whoa, now what? And what can I be doing? And, and what's my part in this? And how do I need to take some more responsibility for this, the way things are? And what's in my control? 
and I think it just has us waking up and really starting to think about those things. Yeah, I think that is true. And also, I want to say it doesn't matter what side of the political aisle mm. you're on. The important no. thing for me is that we're all in the same room. You might mm-hmm. be on one side of the aisle, I might be on the other, but we are in the same room, and that room is called America. United, yes. here we go, United, may I say it one more time? United States of America. And that part about this unum, in unity there is strength, that is something we really need to look at. How do we find a way to listen more closely to both sides and come up with the best ideas that serve the most people? And for me, that is always my yardstick. How do we serve the most people? Now, you know, my family uh, for long, long years are dyed-in-the-wool Democrats, but I have worked on Republican initiatives like veterans' initiatives with Senator John McCain and with his family. Why? Because veterans are everybody. Veterans are mm-hmm. everybody. And they are there for all of us. So for me, you know, even though I'm the dyed-in-the-wool Democrat, it's like I pick and choose where I know even if it's a Republican initiative, it's going to serve everybody. So I'm encouraging exactly what you are saying, Brenda, which is we all need to be involved. And my yardstick is what's going to serve the most people at the highest level and nurture the humanity in everybody. So anything that's being push that doesn't serve the humanity and everybody, I'm going to say no to that. If it serves everybody's humanity, like the veterans' initiatives and some of the initiatives that were also being, uh, back in the day we had a lot of initiatives coming out about serving the poor, and some of those were Republican initiatives. I'm all over that. I'm all over Mm -hmm. that. However, Mm -hmm. initiatives that are putting women down when we have young girls watching this. Now, I, I shared with you just as we were about to start the show, I just wrote a letter to the Girl Scouts of America because research shows that young girls who watch women being devalued by men and watch women not stand up are more likely to grow up and face abuse and to fall prey to depression and anxiety because their self-worth is fragile when they're young and they're watching what's going on. So I'm delighted that women are marching and showing girls women are valuable. Women have power. This this disruption has us talking about it and thinking about it even more than we might have without the disruption. Yeah, and it's so it, important. It is so important. So, Brenda, what else can we learn as we face these big transitions in our country, in our personal lives? For some people, it's business and finance, and certainly because we're here with Modern Love Radio in our love lives, what are the important things we need to do with what's in front of us right now? We've got your four powerful steps, everybody. You're going to drive through that fog 
where you're going to slow down, you're going to keep your low beams on and do what's in front of you, you're not going to compare yourself from the inside to somebody else's outsides, and you're certainly going to avoid potholes as best you can. Now, Bren, what do you want to leave us with? You get the last word. And by the way, everybody, I want to give you again Brenda's website so you can go there because in just a minute she's going to tell you about a special gift that only 10 of you are going to get to have. You can reach her Facebook or Twitter at BKR Consulting. All right, Brenda, go right ahead. Tell people about this gift. I was very intrigued by it. Oh, sure. The gift is uh, its a 12-card sample of a deck that I'm calling the Now What Transformation Clarity Card Deck, which is in production. A 54-card deck is in production. And this is a sampling of that. And it's a card deck that's meant to share information and inspiration and transformational actions that people can take in the midst of their transition, whatever that may be. Great. And the first 10 people to go to your website will get to have a pack of this sample deck of 12. Now, is the website BKR Consulting also? The website is BKR Consult, C-O-N-S-U-L-T dot com. So drop me an email, on my, a note on my website, and you will have a gift in the mail for the first 10 people that I hear from. All right, everybody. It's bkrconsult.com. Brenda, what's the last word? Last word. This, is, this has always made me comfortable moving forward. Just like when we're driving on that foggy road through uncertainty, if your GPS, if you make a wrong turn or you make a turn that wasn't wise, your GPS comes on and what does it say? Recalculating. Well, in life we get to recalculate too. There are very few decisions that we can't change our minds on. Every state that we're in is temporary. Uncertainty comes at us time and time again, and we don't have to get it perfect. Right. We just have I love to make that. That's a good place for us to stop. So, Brenda, thank you so much, everyone. We're talking tonight with Brenda K. Reynolds who is a change management consultant, author of the forthcoming book. You can find out more about her at her website, bkrconsulting.com. And stay with us because next week, Stacey Robinson is going to talk about using your brain power for love. We're about to go into love month, everybody. February is around the corner. So we'll be focused in on love. And, of course, what is talking about love if we don't talk also about sex? So you can look forward to that as well. Big thank you to LeGrand Green, our executive producer, to Cliff Dunning, our associate producer, and to you, modern lovers. I love you all. Blessings. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.